Hard takes, not hot takes. This is Everyone is Wrong, a counterintuitive pop culture podcast. I'm your host, Seth Sommerfeld. Thanks for listening. This week sees the season one finale of HBO's The Last of Us, the popular and acclaimed post-apocalyptic drama based on the wildly popular and lauded 2013 video game. There's a strong argument to be made that in the shallow pool of great filmed adaptations of video games, it's the best of the bunch. I have no qualms with the show, but I actually do have hangups with the source material. While it took home multiple Game of the Year awards upon its release and sold just a boatload of copies, I actually don't think The Last of Us is a very great video game. It certainly has great qualities, but overall it was not necessarily an enjoyable experience for me. So while this might have people tearing me apart quicker than a clicker, I will do my best to survive like a child with miraculous immunity. Everyone is wrong, but I am not. And serving as the Rebel Firefly counterpart to my argument today, rather than the Joel to my Ellie, is a fun guy, not a guy infected with fungus, James Bataglia. Thanks for coming on again, James. Seth, thank you so much for having me back. I feel like you've given me the easiest assignment in the world today, defending The Last of Us. Yeah, I mean... It's always weird when I do one of these episodes myself. I want somebody who sort of likes, you know, maybe might be open to listening to my argument without being like, you suck. Why are you even talking? Shut up. But also I like having somebody who's very into the thing in order to counterbalance my, you know, weird heart take on it. So let's get into the background of The Last of Us. The Last of Us is a 2013 video game by developer Naughty Dog, previously best known for the Uncharted series. The game was initially released exclusively on Sony's PlayStation 3. It's a narrative-driven third-person adventure game with some horror, shooting, and stealth elements to it. The story of The Last of Us begins with an outbreak of a mutant fungus, which turns human hosts into zombie-like terrors known as the Infected. The game starts on the night when the terror of the outbreak takes hold and follows Joel, played in the game by Troy Baker, who tries to escape the chaos with his brother Tommy and his young daughter Sarah. As they flee the carnage, Sarah is shot by a soldier trying to manage the chaos and she dies in Joel's arms. Flash forward 20 years and civilization is in a state of post-apocalyptic ruin The infected are still plentiful, and people live in totalitarian quarantine zones. Joel is working as a smuggler with his partner Tess in Boston. When the pair try to track down a stolen weapons cache, they learn it was traded to the rebel militia known as the Fireflies. They track down Marlene, the Firefly leader, and she strikes up a deal to double the cash if Joel and Tess will smuggle a teenage girl named Ellie, played in the game by Ashley Johnson, out of the quarantine zone to a group of fireflies stationed at the Massachusetts State House. Along the way there, they realize that Ellie has previously been infected. The catch is that she isn't showing any signs of the infection because, for some reason, she's immune to it. After things go awry in Boston, Joel and Ellie must trek across the country fighting infected, totalitarian soldiers, random militias, just a whole host of things 
in order to hopefully figure out if Ellie can be used to create a cure for the infection. The Last of Us was released on June 14th, 2013. The game sold 1.3 million copies in its first week. Eventually, the original version on the PlayStation 3 and the remastered version on the PlayStation 4, which was released in 2014, sold a combined over 17 million copies. And when you include other platforms that the game later expanded to, it sold over 20 million copies, making it one of the better-selling video games of all time. It's not top, top tier, but it is definitely an incredibly successful game. It is also an extremely critically acclaimed game. It sits with a score of 95 on Metacritic, trailing only Grand Theft Auto's score of 97 in terms of 2013 video games, and putting it as the 60th best-ranked video game of all time on Metacritic. It was essentially on every best video games of 2013 year-end list imaginable, and won the Game of the Year award from some of the following publications and entities. The Game Developer's Choice, IGN, Destructoid, BAFTA Game Awards, DICE Awards, South by Southwest, New York Game Awards, Game Trailers, Game Informer, Giant Bomb, Games Radar, and more. The game would spawn a 2022 sequel, The Last of Us Part Two, which continued the story and also took home many Game of the Year awards and was a hit in terms of sales. And eventually, we'd arrive where we are today, where the game was turned into The Last of Us TV series on HBO. The first season of the show, starring Pedro Pascal as Joel and Bella Ramsey as Ellie, follows the broad strokes of the first video game. It, too, as mentioned, is wildly popular and acclaimed. And before we get into some of the specifics of what the critics had to say about this game, James, what's your personal experience with The Last of Us? When did you play it? Kind of what's your first, you know, memories and foundation on this game? Yeah, I, like most people, I think at the time, did not have a PlayStation 3. I was in the Xbox generation. Same, same. So my my introduction to the game, I had heard, of course, that it was one of the best games of all time. There was a lot of hype heading into its PlayStation 4 release, and that was the first time I played it was on PS4. Yep, exactly the same. I played the PS4 remaster, which came out again in 2014, and I think that sets us up at a different point than some of the people who just played it initially on its release without hearing that, you know, it was game of the year and that it was so awesome. But, you know, I think, you know, we did get a more, slightly more polished version on the PlayStation 4 and, you know, that version has some advantages, but it's still very much the same core gameplay. It's not like a remake or anything. Yeah, I hadn't realized that it came out almost exactly a year later. I thought... It was a, a little bit after that. For some reason, I, I hadn't looked it up, and I thought it was 2016. But 2014, they really uh, set set the precedent for the remastering that they're doing over and over again with these things. Yeah, I mean, I think it was a case where the game was, again, like in its first week, they're like, oh, this is a hit. So, <laughs> you know, probably took like a half beat, and they're like, well, PlayStation 4 is coming out literally next year. Let's just get cracking on this because we can sell a whole host of copies to all the people like us who might not have been on that console generation PlayStation role, but would want to play the things that they missed that were the PlayStation exclusives. Because for those unfamiliar with the video gaming world, one of the big things for these companies that make consoles is always to get games that aren't on other platforms Mm -hmm. so that 
this is a reason to buy it because oh now you can play finally play the last of us or you can play spider-man or you can play god of war because you have a playstation whereas you know there's other things on xbox you can play you know for the long time you couldn't play halo you know other things where it's sort of a battle between companies and that's you know or you can't play like any nintendo things on any other platform no marios and zeldas and well yeah we've seen nintendo do this a lot recently too with the switch nobody had a wii u so they're just popping old games onto the switch with a little bit brighter colors and i'm scooping them up yeah i can remember my first night playing the last of us i know i started it at night and i can remember just sitting there in a dark room weeping at the end of the opening there yeah the opening is very powerful as we sort of described it's just like it's very effective like this is throwing you into the world you start playing as sarah and you're just like sort of what's going on in this you start you know there's like eerie things that are starting to go on you hear noises you they see things and then eventually it just keeps on spiraling and keeps on spiraling and very much gets you to connect with these characters at a very early point even though it's like you know you're not really playing a lot but it's just walking you through all of the chaos of like what happens on like the first night of a zombie apocalypse yeah yeah it's become a huge thing now that opening but back then i had no idea what was about to happen and so it was just a huge hit yeah for sure huge punch in the gut and i think you touched on something there walking through what happens a lot of this game is walking through the story yeah i'll I'll get to that a little bit when we uh talk about the (laughs) points and things like that and what sort of some people respond to that maybe i don't respond to quite as much but yeah, okay. I, I would say also that this was a game for reasons that I will discuss later. This was also one of those games. It's sort of like the first season of Parks and Rec where I'm like, mm-hmm. I know that like this will probably get better. I, it's just like kind of tough to swallow. And I definitely took like three times before I'm like, okay, just put your oh, head okay. down and like power through <laughs> all the points that you're not enjoying this to at least get the story and things like that. Let me tell you a little bit about how I I game because this sort of plays into where this worked for me. I like to play one story game at a time along with one multiplayer game and then one handheld game. Today that Switch, back then that would have been 3DS. But that's sort of how I cycle my games. So when The Last of Us came in, there was no bouncing off. I was all in. I ended up playing through this... uh, three times total. I played through it twice. Oh, wow. Because I loved it. And then I played through it another time before part two came out. Yeah. As a refresher kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, if you, I am absolutely not going to not deny anybody liking this for themselves <laughs> on this, mm-hmm. you know, it's very much, I think a lot of my points are mildly personal, but I, I think yeah. some of the broader strokes are, you know, I think valid my criticism so we'll uh hop into those right after we get to the critical response so as i mentioned this is an absolutely beloved game on all levels i looked on metacritic there are 98 critical reviews of the last of us because they you know they filter which publications they take reviews from and stuff like that so it's usually you know it's sort of the equivalent of you know like rotten tomatoes has like top critics and things like that you don't just like it's not every person's review but yeah out of the 98 critical reviews of the last of us on metacritic 
a staggering 42 of them are perfect 100 scores. So, you know, almost half. If you drop it down to getting a score of 95, that's 69 of the reviews. So, like, two-thirds over that. So, uh, critics love this game. And I will just... I'll just take a few poll quotes from reviews that were only giving it a perfect score. So, okay. and are these contemporary, like 2013 reviews? Yeah, these are all not. These are reviews at the time, not like reviews of the remaster or reviews of, you know, anything else. These are not looking back ten years later. This is the last of us. Okay. This is what yeah. people were thinking at the time, and sort of gives a gauge of how they were feeling about it then. Ollie Welsh of Eurogamer opined. At a time when blockbuster action games are sinking into a mire of desperate overproduction, shallow gameplay, and broken narrative logic, The Last of Us is a deeply impressive demonstration of how it can and should be done. It starts out safe but ends brave. It has heart and grit, and it hangs together beautifully. And it's a real video game, too. An elegy for a dying world, The Last of Us is also a beacon of hope for its genre. Paul Satori of The Guardian wrote, Given the plethora of zombie-based games released in recent years, it would have been easy to see this as Naughty Dog just jumping on the bandwagon and making Uncharted The Walking Dead. Instead, the designers have taken influence from the best writing the genre has to offer, The Road, The Walking Dead, 28 Days Later, and elements of some of the best games of recent times, Arkham Asylum, Fallout, Uncharted itself, and melded them into a whole that, despite feeling familiar, ends up more than a sum of its parts. The Last of Us is visually arresting, mechanically solid, maturely written, and by turns heartrending, tense, unnerving, and brutal. Check your ammo, grab your shiv, just try your best to stay alive. Destructoid's James Stephanie Sterling said, It's not an unfamiliar setup, but this is The Last of Us' greatest strength. To take the most well-trodden ideas in the zombie horror subgenre and handle them with a sensitivity rarely seen in video games. Joel is the bitter old man who slowly grows to like his young ward. Ellie is a sassy teenager who must mature fast in a torturous new world. And humanity has turned on itself in such a way that we're forced to ask who the real monsters are. On paper, that sounds so trite, so unremarkable, but it's all in the delivery. It's all in how likable the characters are. It's about how Joel is harsh and impatient, yet understandably so. It's about how Ellie annoys her companion in a way that entertains rather than irritates the audience. It's about how themes of compassion, tolerance, determination, and common selfishness are woven expertly into a familiar narrative structure. You've seen most of the elements of this story many, many times. You've not seen them all threaded together so well. It's an overwhelming quality that Naughty Dog triumphs against the risk of genre fatigue. Also adding, the quality of the audio is without question. The music is haunting in its delivery, a soundtrack that never imposes but perfectly complements each scene. The voice acting is even better and, coupled with superb animation, leads to a cast of connective characters impeccably performed. Once again, subtlety must be brought up. These are not characters designed to chew scenery or spout liners, and their 
actors reflect that. Small gestures, slight nods of the head, whispers tinged with sadness, and murmurs bubbling with implied threat. This is the kind of thing that should be meant when pundits spout about games being cinematic as opposed to explosions and special effects. Real acting, genuine and credible. And to illustrate how sort of odd on a limb me being negative about The Last of Us is going <laughs> to be, there out of the 98 critical reviews that I mentioned of the game, literally zero are qualified as negative on Metacritic, and only one is qualified as mixed. And even if you go within the positive reviews, there are literally only two other than the mixed that are below a score of 80%. And one of those is a Russian gaming site named Riot Pixel, and the other one is Polygon. So in Polygon, yeah, here's Philip Kohler of Polygon gave the game a seven point five out of ten, which is like again shockingly low for this game. In the world of video game reviews, a seven point five is like somebody spitting on your face almost. Yeah, it's like it's sort of the level of score that you would give to like an out of nowhere game that's like surprisingly good. Like, Oh, this is like, you know, decently fun. You know, it's a bit not like you need to go out and buy this indie title, but like, Oh, this is not like not worth your time for like smaller things, but for big blockbuster games, sort of like this, you know, a naughty dog game at this time, it's yeah. basically like the low end, unless you like, you know, are releasing like a cyberpunk and it's super buggy and people are like, I hate this. Um, Don't get me started on cyberpunk. I yeah, we might talk about cyberpunk at some point in, a, <laughs> in another episode. We've suggested that. But the problem with video game episodes is you have to play through all the video games. I've not brought myself to play cyberpunk. I'm James about a I'm, cyberpunk defender. We're not getting on cyberpunk, but I'm about to start playthrough number three on cyberpunk. So, yep. So, yes, uh, as I was saying before, Philip Kohler of Polygon in his 7.5 out of 10 review wrote, the Last of Us made me feel sick to my stomach. The Last of Us mines the same post-apocalyptic scenario as dozens of other games, but its approach is starkly its own. It paints a vision of near future that is cold, heartless, and in many cases downright evil. It's not a fun place to be, and likewise, the game isn't really that fun to play. Developer Naughty Dog's commitment to this dark, depressing tone is alternatively impressive and frustrating. Last of Us actively fought any enjoyment I might have gained from it, from its oppressive world to its inconsistent mechanics. Being anything but fun might be the point, but The Last of Us doesn't always make that point gracefully. Continuing, more notable problems with The Last of Us manifest as it leans more into the traditional trappings of third-person shooters. Fight against waves of enemies or areas full of waist-high cover where your only recourse is to kill everyone in your way. These sequences sit at odds with the rest of the game. Joel can't take much damage from enemies, which isn't a big deal when you're sneaking past them without incident. But at increasingly frequent points in the narrative, I had to buckle down and deal with the messy gunplay and repeated checkpoint restarts. There are hints of a nuanced message in The Last of Us, but convention wins out too often to easily find them. Naughty Dog commits to a somber tone that affects every piece of the game for better and worse. It achieves incredible emotional high points about as often as it bumps against tired scenario design that doesn't fit its world. Survival in the post-apocalypse requires compromise, but The Last of Us has given up something vital. 
And then the one mixed review is from Tom Chick of Quarters to Three, who wrote in a three out of five star review. Again, the, like the worst review you can find of this game is three out of five stars, which again, in video game terms, like it's harder to, it's not quite like film where there's just way more of these middling ones. But yeah, three out of five is <laughs> as bad as you can do out there. And Chick wrote, The Last of Us is the most emotionally resonant game you'll ever play about plank, ladder, and pallet management. To be fair, sometimes you'll scooch dumpsters around. At one point, you'll scooch a piano. If you accept that the pedestrian stealth shooter gameplay in The Last of Us is the least important part of the experience, despite losing hours struggling and restruggling with it, you might conclude this is a remarkable game. But if you come to dread every encounter for dragging out the time it takes to get to the good parts, if you divvy up the time spent on the good parts and the time spent on the parts where you could have been playing a better game, what happens when you get a roughly 10 to 1 ratio? Is a remarkable story buried under hours of non-remarkable gameplay actually a good game? Furthermore, there are no stakes. There is no risk of failure in a game like this. There is only the risk of having to play the same stretch yet again. In a survival game, it's Anthemia. A survival game without meaningful death isn't a survival game. It's just a game. Because it ultimately doesn't matter how many reg salvage fragments I have. All that matters is whether I can get through this part without taking so much damage this time around. So with that in mind, here is why I think everyone is wrong about The Last of Us. That last guy is just talking about games, though. I think that's... Sort of, yeah, we'll get into it. What does he want? (laughs) So my first point of defense, and this is the first time I finished playing it well before current times, is that when I set down the controller after finishing the game, my first thought was, hmm, well, this should be a TV show. This isn't a video game. This should be a TV show. This is just such a narrative-driven experience and all the best parts are the narrative and the story. And I enjoy the story, but I don't enjoy playing this game. So I think it's sort of borne out a little bit with how well <laughs> it's adapted into a TV show that this is maybe not the ideal video game, you know, realm for it. But, you know, we can sort of dive into it a little bit you mentioned earlier that a lot of this game and i think a lot of the things that people really respond to is the narrative elements where you're sort of walking along and so much of this game and what i think set apart this game especially at the time is that it delivers the narrative in a way that there are a bunch of you know like very compelling cutscenes and things like that but you got a lot of character building and dialogue just as you're sort of walking around this wasteland in the moments between action, in the moments between a gunfight or a stealth segment, it's a lot of Joel and Ellie walking and talking, or Joel and you know Tess walking and talking and sort of building out this world in very effective ways through their conversations. But it does have some of that thing where you know there's a there's a subgenre of games sort of known as like walking simulators, which are like oh, you're basically delivering a story and the gameplay is you walking from like point A to point B as it delivers a story or you pick up an item and 
that gives you new story elements. And I think The Last of Us, sort of one of the things that it excels at, one of the things that sort of set it apart at the time, again, was that it delivers that sort of walking simulator aspect without feeling like it's throwing that in your face. It does feel like it's still part of the game connecting these long stretches without it being boring and it fits sort of the world of yeah there's lots of this world that's abandoned so obviously these characters are going to talk and it fleshes them out in a really strong way yes and a lot of that i think what makes this stand out is a lot of that narrative dialogue feels participatory because you're sort of walking around they're not open worlds until part two sort of but there's there's smaller areas you walk around to find things and you'll like walk up to some graffiti or something and ellie and joel will deliver some dialogue about the graffiti about the fireflies about some lore or you'll pick up a note and you'll read something and they'll talk about it and so it's not just handed to you it feels like you're making this happen on your own timeline at certain points there's a lot of that and i sort of to address some of your things i sort of broke this down into different types of gaming in this game and one of them is i called it walk toward yellow which is from uncharted as well where they make something yellow and then your goal is to just find the yellow ledge find whatever it is when you're exploring yeah get to the yellow thing and in a lot of those instances is where they're just talking to each other digging through drawers while you're trying to find the yellowest thing around right and the last of us doesn't do that as explicitly like it less gamifies it in a way and i think that's yeah. part of it where you're not like Oh, I need to go to the flashing beacon. You know, it's like, oh no, you kind of just have to like sort of walk forward. There there are a few times, you know, where I was like, it is a part with like no enemies and I'm walking and I'm like, I don't know exactly where I'm supposed to go here. I like did it check the right door or something. And yeah. you know, it, it doesn't hold your hand and I think, you know, that's another thing people respond to. You know, it does yeah, feel more mature natural. and natural in that sense where you're not they're not gamifying everything. Yeah. And to your point, I think you you said you ended the game and you felt like, well, this could have been a TV show. I felt similarly, but when I ended it, I thought, wow, they've finally done it. I just played a TV show. Like, this is what we're waiting for in, in the world of narrative-driven video games is something that you play and you feel like you've just participated in watching it. Yeah, and I think it also goes to sort of the history of narrative in video games that, like, you know, you go back to zeldas or whatever like the original legend of zelda it's like oh you have like a little blocks of text and you kind of have to a lot of the early like nes games and stuff like that you got the story by literally reading the instruction manual and if you didn't read that you didn't get what the story was even or what you were so yeah. supposed to be playing <laughs> and then or what uh, the enemies really look like <laughs> yeah or what they're supposed to look like yeah. and then <laughs> You know, and then that transition, you know, you, there could be more text in screens, you know, between levels. You could have like, you know, oh, here's what's happening, you know, like a crawl almost of here's what's connecting scene to scene. And then eventually it got to a point where there could be there could be animated cutscenes and made cutscenes with voiceover and characters acting. So you were able to get, you know, almost like CGI animation scenes of all this, you know background and stuff like that and then this game the last of us i think is kind of taking that next step where you are essentially a lot of these are the walking and talking things are essentially cutscenes, but you don't they're not treated like cutscenes. where like in yeah. other games you know it would just be oh we're going to spend here's a five minute cutscene where you just have to like 
you know, and people don't really always respond well to cutscenes. Certain people who want to just be very immersed in the game because it's like, oh, here's a cutscene. I will set down my controller. I can like, you know, go grab a drink while I'm watching this mini movie play out for a few minutes. And this game keeps you sort of invested because you're literally like having to push the stick to keep your Joel moving and, you know, move the camera around to look around at what you're supposed to be looking at and all those things. And then it does build up like, again, as mentioned, it builds up this very good, you know, connection between the characters, especially Joel and Ellie, where it is, you know, it's a lot of the beats are sort of some of those cliched things. Oh, it's the grizzled old man. It's the young girl who's like, you know, he warms to eventually who's like <laughs> obviously a surrogate daughter for the one he lost. And, you know, all the grief that these characters have in trauma in this post-apocalyptic life they have, you know, uh, Ellie's friend, r- friends slash relationships and things like that. They get sussed out. And you also, it does shift narrative where sometimes you're playing as Joel. Sometimes it will shift you to Ellie. And, you know, so it does feel like more dynamic in that sense. This was sort of a pivot point for me in in my lifetime gaming journey because like i said i didn't have a playstation 3 so i hadn't played the uncharted at this point i think there were three uncharted's already which had sort of started a lot of this type of gameplay but i had just the closest thing to maybe that narrative i had was maybe fallout new vegas or something like that so this was the first time i had really played a game like that where you're walking around experiencing the story in a uh, natural way with a through line where it's story the whole time. And I think like the where that's gone today is probably like God of War Ragnarok, where there's absolutely no cuts at all. And you're just walking the whole time with the camera over your shoulder. Yeah, for sure. And this also draws on, you know, I think this is something that a lot of people respond to is just the way the story's written. And, you know, it was mentioned there was sort of an era of like hyper zombie everything where it's like, oh, yeah. here's The Walking Dead. Here's in video gaming, you know, like Left 4 Dead and Call of Duty Nazi zombie modes and yeah. all these things. And this was new. This was definitely a new way to do zombies. Yeah, it's a new thing that, you know, it it's taking it from a much more mature standpoint, especially for video games, because usually, like, the video games are zombies, just, like, hordes of them and, you know, like, yeah. I, you know, just coming at you and all this, you know, chaos, and this one's a lot more, you know, rooted into some of that like cinematic storytelling or, you know, almost like novel-esque storytelling. Like as some of them mentioned, like The Road or Children of Men are like definitely touch points. Like it's not like the most wildly original story. It's just like a well-told version of that in a medium of video games that, you know, isn't, still isn't considered the high point of that storytelling and like definitely was even less so back in 2013 just you know you're able to spend more budgets to make these games you're able to you know have technology to do new things and able to tell these stories in a different way it's effective because it's so elemental and essential though like they've really pared it down to just what you need to tell this specific story Mm -hmm. although i will i mean I'll, i'll say it right now we've been talking about story this whole time and not gameplay so yeah, I'll get one. I'll get one more, one or two more things, and then we will <laughs> talk to the gameplay. Because yeah, essentially, like my point here is that we are talking about a story because that's a lot of what when people are giving the hundred views, a lot of them are like, yeah. "Oh, this is just 
this story is blowing me away and all this and it's very narrative focused and you know i i think my qualm i think is that i think people were responding and it's not really a negative fully where it's like people are responding to the freshness of the way that this game told stories and that they hadn't seen something like that before possibly more than the gameplay itself it sort of like overshadowed that experience i think there are elements of this game that actually you know don't necessarily tap into the some of the things that can make video game narratives so compelling even though some people like have frustrations with some of those things like the fact that in this game there are still like sort of like collectibles and things that you could like search out for and you know you know get to get to like 100% and things like that are sort of a little antithetical to the narrative story when it's just like you're in a zombie but you're also kind of like looking around corners i mean it makes a little sense cuz you're like you're a little bit survival hoardy and looking for you know crafting items but again yeah the cupboard scrounging animation in this game is top notch yeah so there's some of those, but I mean, some of the ways that I think some video game stories can be told, and I, you know, ha- usually have more problems with them than positives. And I think generally this, you know, walking, talking gameplay works, but there are other games like I love the story in Horizon Zero Dawn. I think that's one of the better video game stories. If you go into like the full aspects of the stories, because a lot of the times in especially in like open world video games of these current like big huge games a lot of them are like you're going around and finding shards of things and they're text shards and you you know you pick up a document and here's like this whole backgrounds of characters that lived like hundreds of years ago and people rightfully like most of the time if a game's like story is even just like kind of okay i just see those and i'm like i'm just picking this up because I was scrounging for, you know, ammo and things like that. And I'm not going to read this, you know, page long thing, but you know, a game like horizon zero dawn, I think if you read all the text in that, there's just such a rich, you know, science fiction post post apocalyptic world that's built through those that I really respond to. But then you have games on the other end, like Elden ring, where it's just like, I, you know, you could play a hundred hours of that game and be like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I don't know what the story is really. I know I'm supposed to like go be Elden King and there's a bunch of <laughs> shit. I didn't and, even get that out of my 20 hours of the game. I didn't, I don't understand that I'm supposed to be Elden King. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I might do an episode of that game at some point. <laughs> I uh, have some issues with Elden Ring, but yeah. I'm, so, I'm a guy who reads the books in the Elder Scrolls games. So you're talking to someone who loves the collectibles. Right. I love picking up notes and finding out, Oh, this apartment had, a father and son in it and they they went somewhere to do something and now they're gone or the tunnels i think in the first last of us where you see the the abandoned like sewer school and everything that was uh one standout where there's a lot of great notes and stuff yeah so i think you know there are ways to tell video game stories that are effective that it doesn't really touch on but i understand sort of why if you're committed to telling the story this way that's a choice that the developers made. And I don't think it's necessarily a wrong one. Again, I just sort of think, you know, my favorite parts of this game were not playing the game. And that's sort of my (laughs) second point is that the gameplay here, I just never responded to it in a dynamic way. 
I think it's a lot of this, as mentioned, like the third person cover shooting, a little bit of stealth, and as some of the sort of mildly negative reviews mentioned, it's not exactly like fun gameplay. I don't think a lot of people would be like, this is the most fun game I played this year. They'd be like, oh, I love the story of that game. And, you know, it was, you know, maybe exciting to, you know, have that horror element, horror survival element of like, oh, I'm being ambushed by clickers and things like that. But even if you look at, but even if you look at Naughty Dog's Uncharted franchise, which is sort of, for those unfamiliar, it's sort of like a modern Indiana Jones kind of thing where this guy's going around and having all these adventures. And sometimes there's just fighting pirates and, and other times <laughs> you're fighting like supernatural demons and you're always searching for, you know, lost treasures in the jungle and all these exotic things, but it extreme action set pieces and that yeah. really huge, like a plane will crash into like a side of a mountain and you have to like climb up the wing. You like fly out and climb up the wing of the plane or you're yeah, like the building that's falling. I, have you played all of them? I have the building gets shot down and you're four. in the building and you're like, shooting yeah. everybody and sliding down the floors and yeah. stuff. It's very it, so like a game like that it's just like oh it is very focused on making all those gameplay moments like super fun and thrilling and you know you're sort of the like over the top hero that's like you know it's a little James Bondy where it's just like oh you're able yeah. to like shoot everyone and like figure out a way out of it and just be so like cunning and all that and like this is basically you know they absolutely use the core of that dynamic to create the last of us but that it's just like no we want all those segments so again it's a choice it's just not one that i respond to we want those <laughs> segments to like seem miserable and not fun and you want to get out of yes. them as purposeful yes. and again so this is the thing where it this is my my heart take on it if you respond to that and you'd be like that's exactly right like the vibe is great I love not having fun in these segments because I want to be out of them because that's, you know, it fits the tone of it. Then that's, I, I'm not going to like tell you you're wrong, but I just like, I don't, I kind of want to have some level of enjoyment when I'm playing yeah. this. Well, yeah, you do. You do get the impression that they saw like hilarious, quippy protagonist hero, Nathan Drake murdering dozens and dozens and dozens of people and thought, what if, You'd, what if the character didn't want to be doing all this killing all the time, but had to do it or something, and they just toned it in the exact opposite direction? And I love them both. There was one review I saw that was like, unlike the Uncharted games, like you feel the body count after a while. You're like, oh man, I've had to kill like so many people through this and so many zombies, and it's just like it wears on you the same way that it wears on the character because you know, like Joel isn't. <laughs> the swashbuckling Nathan Drake, who's like, you know, I'm just going to get this yeah. through this. And I'm, you know, who I survived that one. It's like, ugh, and I the gore is extreme and you struggle. You, I mean, you struggle even to kill people. Sometimes when you get up close, the, the actual like physical fighting between the two people. Yeah. It's before a, one of them gets like stabbed in the neck or something. It's a violent you feel thing. It. Yeah. It is not, it's real violence. Yeah. It's not, uh, yeah, mowing down rows of these like henchmen type thing, even though you can, you know, have segments where there's a lot of, especially when there's humans, where it's like, oh yeah, you're kind of just like picking them off and things like that. But yeah, so that's part of the element. Also, 
it does sort of fit in that weird for me anyway, in that sort of in between where it's, you know, you're trying to build up tension and there is stealth gameplay elements where you're trying to like sneak around and like not notify everybody. And, you know, <laughs> you can throw items to like throw a brick to make the guy look this way so that hopefully you can yeah. sneak by them. But also it's not, it's not quite as clever stealth gameplay as like, you know, a hitman or something like that. Not that it should be in this world. And it's also not like, not quite as satisfyingly fun as like when you're doing stealth in like Assassin's Creed or something like that, where you're sort of just yeah. like slinking around and doing that. I mean, it is a more realism version of stealth where you're, you're you know, you kind of mess up one thing and it's like, oh, I'm totally screwed here. <laughs> and yeah. I'm going to hit it. I'm going to restart from the thing. <laughs> but uh, that can also be frustrating at times when you are doing that. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of restarting. I found that I would go in my first run, try to do some stealth. They've got a great, if you're not familiar with the game, they've got a great mode where you, I don't remember if it's L3 or R3, but you can sort of listen, go really, yeah, it's really sort slowly of like and listen see. mode where it's like you can yeah. sort of see, it's like a spidey sense where you can sort of yeah. see enemies through walls, which, yeah. Again, that's something that, you know, depending on how you take it, I like you kind of it's good for gameplay in a sense, but also when everything else is so sort of realism and narrative focused and then you're like, oh, these characters also have spidey sense. It, it, well, I think that they'd be able to hear it and you can't translate that. I know to it, the, it's hard to, to the game to do, but it's just like it is one of those like gamify that, you know, as you were talking about, like yeah. go to the yellow dot. It's sort of like one of the few elements in the actual gameplay where you're like. I guess this is the way they have to re- represent it, but it doesn't, you know, flow at, with everything, you know, flowing supernaturally and realistic. It doesn't yeah. like 100% go on that, but it, it does, you know, make for more dynamic gameplay yeah. slightly. And then you toss your bottle and everybody goes straight to the sound of the bottle. Yeah. And then, so you go through it. I was, I would go through it one time, try to be stealthy. Almost always you end up alerting someone at some point and then you got to go guns blazing for a little while. And if I die enough times, I would find myself just going in with the guns right from the beginning. But you can push through it. <laughs> I like I like that gameplay. I really had a good time. And one of my big holdups about replaying part two is that there's so much in the beginning where you're not doing any of that combat or fighting that I just I don't want to put up with, you know, two hours of not getting any of that fighting. I really like that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, I do feel like that's worth noting that it does feel... It's pay- the game is paced well, despite having these long storytelling. I, w- I would say that. I don't feel like yeah. you get in a scenario where it's like, oh, I have to play for, you know, or even like the RPG type thing where, you know, if you're starting a new RPG, it's like, well, I have to figure out when I want to start this because I'm probably not going to be able to actually play any game for the first like hour and a half. Yeah. I'm just going to be like introducing all the characters and maybe I'll have one little like tutorial battle and that's it. It doesn't yeah. do anything like that. And they do a good job mixing it up with a zombie fight, a human fight. There's not a huge variety of enemies, but you get like there's zombie fights with clickers, there's zombie fights without clickers, and then there's human fights and maybe a bloater or two, but mm-hmm. they pace them out, they they sprinkle them out so you don't really get sick of any, or so I didn't get sick of any. Right. And I think one of the other, you know, sort of hangups in me not loving the gameplay and maybe just like I feel like not fully committing is sort of the 
you know, I think it's a slightly half-hearted like survival crafting element of it where it does feel like you need to, you know, pick up gauze and stuff so that you can make medical kits and all these things and make new shivs and those things like that. But it doesn't, it's not a full on like apocalyptic survival game. Like you could play in like fallout new Vegas where it's like, Oh, you need to just be scrounging and figuring out how to survive at any moment with whatever items are in the new thing, new place that you just raided. It, it does very much like kind of simplify that and simplify the crafting in a way that, you know, I feel, and again, it's like you can play it however you want. That's, part of something like this video game, like you could be more, I'm not picking up, you know, enough things so that it feels a little more desperate and, you know, feels yeah. like you're lower on ammo and, you know, having to make tougher choices on, am I going to shoot this guy or am I going to try and figure out a way to take out these three guys with stealth, even though they're yeah. positioned in such like a difficult way. And with all the, the difficulty options that they have these days, I'm sure this wasn't the case in 2013, but I would like to, uh, turn up the difficulty a little bit and then turn on the auto pickup option. So the game's a little harder, but you're automatically grabbing everything you walk by. And that sort of gives me the balance that I'm looking for. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's, it's different strokes for different folks for sure on that front. Yeah. But yeah, you know, it is one of those things where I think, you know, that, I think that probably is a good thing where again, it's not the default. So it's hard for me to, you know, go that, but that does take out some of the like, you know, video game silliness of like collecting things in moments of desperation and being like, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm playing, I'm playing mass effect Andromeda right now. Cause I missed it the first time around and it was on sale for $6. And a lot of times in the middle of a firefight, I'll just be rummaging through bodies for like gun parts and it does not fit at all. And I haven't found that to be the case with this. Although like you can be like hiding behind a cupboard and rummaging through the drawers for like a half broken pair of scissors or something that you're going to use later to make a shiv. <laughs> right. And then another thing I think is as some of the comments mentioned above that, you know, there was a zombies are not new in video games and there are a bunch of different versions. And I think, you know, it's sort of a taste thing as you we were saying, where it's just like, Oh yeah. If you want this like grittiness of like it being super hard, it's fun. You know, I, you know, have more fun playing other zombie games, be it, you know, I think Left 4 Dead is, you know, a game that kind of stands on its own because it was a very, like, pivotal, like, multiplayer. It's essentially you come together with a team of four players online or, you know, locally, and you just all go out on, like, try to survive these zombie levels by yourself, and it's, you know, very fun in that way. Even, like, games like... On Super Nintendo, there was Zombies Ate My Neighbors, which is sort of like a fun top-down, you know, just monster-killing fest that's very cartoony and silly. I mean, it's, it is all just sort of different strokes for different folks, and I did not totally respond to this game because it's just like, you know, when I'm playing this game, it's be like, I'd probably be having more fun playing Uncharted. You know, like, I, I haven't gone back and played this, like, three times like you have <laughs> where it was like it was a grind enough my first time and when it's a grind and I'm just like happy to be done with the game it's not usually anything <laughs> where I pick it up I'm like okay I made it through that I again in the in the world of Last of Us I survived and 
that was okay for me. See, I like I like getting to the end of a tough gunfight that maybe I've bounced off two or three times and like really having you know, really being excited, having my heart beating, having genuine physiological feelings from all the video game murder. Yeah, I would say this game does you know, build, certainly build a level of tension. It's not like a jump scary game despite having those like horror elements. I would say, you know, there's yeah. sometimes where occasionally like something like that will arise, but usually again, and this is take what you want. A lot of the tension is sort of you know that you're probably going to screw up certain parts like oh, I've made it like halfway down this street and I need to make it all the way down the street and now a guy jumped out and now I'm super nervous and uh, I have to restart. <laughs> yeah. You know, is a way to build tension. I'm not sure if it's always the best way. And I think that's, you know, again, something I didn't respond to as much, but it, I'm not denying your experience with enjoying yeah. that tension. Well, I don't know how you feel, but I can't stand a puzzle in an action game. And so I will, I will speak ill of, pushing Ellie around on a pallet to try oh, to find yeah. there's there's sequences in like where you're like in the sewers or in like water things where it's just like you're having to find a pallet and like yeah. go underwater and push it around. I recently experienced this in God of War Ragnarok, which uh, I was speaking about a moment ago because I played this very recently and I, you know, when I'm, when I'm doing all this high action stuff and I get to a point where they're like, okay, hit these three things in the right order or, slowly push this block over to the right thing i get i get sick of it and that's why i like the last uh the breath of the wild so much was because the temples or you know the temple stand-ins are so short i can't stand a zelda temple and i love zelda games but i don't need to be in there for hours and hours pushing blocks around yeah for sure those puzzle elements can get frustrating and it is sort of there is a whole subgenre of video games even in this year 2013 where you're sort of just accompanying these npcs along and the games that are really frustrating are the games where you have to protect them and you know if you don't like save them immediately they could just have like the ai of the non-playable character you're accompanying <laughs> it's just dumb and it can be super frustrating and this isn't one of them it's closer to like a you know bioshock infinite where you're like oh you're having somebody accompany you, but they'll help you out sometimes and you don't have to worry about like, are they getting shot right now? And I mean, it does have some moments of that, but it's not, you know, you don't, you aren't frustrated by always being like, how are you not like jumping on the pallet? Like I've moved the block yeah. in the right spot. Yeah. It is just like annoying when you are having to like push a girl in water. It's like, just, I don't know. Yeah. Like you're in, there's not a lot of people figure out a day and do swim lessons or, yeah, yeah. There's a couple places in the game where you like push Ellie through a tall window or whatever and she unlocks the door. But yeah, most of these puzzles in this game come from Ellie not being able to swim. So anytime you encounter water, there's luckily a pallet there that you can push her around on. Right. And, and it's yeah, it's just like one very of those, slowly like, a little like oh, this is so video gamey and it's taking me out of the world where, you know, when you're lifting her through windows or stuff like that, that feels like natural where you're like Oh yeah, yeah, it's a small child and I can't get into here. Let me boost her up and get it as opposed to like, really, we can't figure out a way to, it's just like, you're not the wicked witch of the West. Like you can yeah. get wet and I think you yeah. will survive 
we have to figure out a better way to do this. And I mean, even apart from the gameplay taking you out of the narrative, when in those moments when you're pushing around, a lot of video games have this problem where you're swimming and you can only have so many, you know, audio cues for swimming. So you're hearing the same swimming noise over and over again. And even that is like, okay, I'm in a video game now. Or you have like a surprising amount of breath for certain things where you're like, I don't know, man. <laughs> You're carrying like all these supplies on you and you're diving underwater and going through like these sewers with like cars crashed into them and you're having to go through and it's just like, okay, what? I guess, I guess we're doing this. So yeah, I, again, the gameplay just never fully clicked for me and I found it more of an endurance, uh, you know, be it the puzzles, be it the, you know, we'll get into a little bit more of it later, but be it some of the like repetitiveness and banging your head on the wall of some of the gameplay. But my yeah. third point of defense is sort of just a overarching look. Cause again, this game was so well received that it was winning like most all of the game of the year awards. Some of them went to Grand Theft Auto five, which is a game I also have a lot of problems with. But my, my third point of defense is just like, at least for me, like this is definitely not the game of the year. And I think it was like a pretty good year in video gaming. And I just think, sometimes this game overshadows some other games that also are, you know, well-known and, you know, liked, but maybe have better gameplay and not as good a narrative sometimes, but I found more enjoyable. So I just wanted to sort of run through a couple of those real quick. Yeah. I'm not, I don't know anything about the year 2013 in gaming, so I'm excited for this part. Yeah. So I, as I said, like the, only game with a higher Metacritic score is Grand Theft Auto V, which I think if you're looking for, it is a, the antithesis of The Last of Us in a lot of ways. And yeah. Although both have been remastered this year, or not this year, for this generation. Yeah. The thing about Grand Theft Auto V is, you know, it's a sprawling open world. You can kind of do whatever you want. It's not as like you're on the tracks as The Last of Us, but it also, the story is just like, so absurd and so over the top and it's just like you know it like forces you to like torture people throughout you know different gameplay things and there's like you don't like any of the characters <laughs> you're just like oh all these protagonists i'm playing as like are terrible people yeah I, i'm not enjoying like being these characters and having to do what the story's asking me to do as opposed to like i don't think anybody plays through the last of us it is like man i really just like hate Joel and Ellie. They seem like bad people. <laughs> no, that would be a wild reaction. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 there's there's no heart to Grand Theft Auto V, and The Last of Us is like 80% heart. Yeah. So that's I don't have a problem with The Last of Us winning actually Game of the Year over that. But there are some games that I really enjoy from 2013. I'll start with this. In the more like indie video game realm, there is one specific like thing that's very much a walking simulator that I think is actually even eerier uh, in a lot of ways than most of the last of us, which is gone home. Okay. Which is a game where you're sort of abandoned in this house and it's dark and it's creaky and you're sort of figuring out this, like you're not exactly sure what's there's nobody here and you're not exactly sure. You're not exactly sure what you're supposed to be doing and you're finding all these notes and, you know, it is very much, you know, a well-told 
very video gamey story where you're going and picking around up things and trying to piece together this family narrative that exists. And I think I really enjoyed the experience of that. It also takes a lot less time than the last of us, but I mean, if you're looking for something interesting narrative that is both shorter and more gamey in a way, gone home is a really good example. Also in terms of just indie titles that, evoke tension in a very weird way 2013 saw the release of papers please which is a indie game about being a border security checker and you're just like checking people's documents in this like authoritarian system and you're having to decide like should i let this guy through even though things aren't perfect because actually he's trying to see his daughter or will my superiors notice that and then I'll get fired and put in the gulag and I can't pay the heat for my apartment this month. And it's a very strange, it's a very weird DVD game, but I I think it's kind of a crazy concept that actually works. I don't know if you've played either of those. I haven't played Papers, Please. I played Gone Home and I wasn't really into it. I had played... uh... Uh, what remains of Edith Finch and everybody's gone to the rapture already by the time I played. Gone okay. Home, see, so. I played gone home before those and then I played those after, but I mean, th- those are very much the traditional like walking simulator type games where you're just, it is like all narrative. There's no action gameplay. It's just like a way of telling a creative story in this video game realm, as opposed to like trying to import, you know, the Last of Us is more like sort of importing all the cinematic things that haven't worked well in video games before. And those walking simulators are more like, we are going to take this video game realm, sort of strip some of the like gameplayiness out of it and try and tell narratives that can't be told. Like you, the story of Gone Home like doesn't work as a movie. It's like you have to be yeah. going through all your this house and looking through the drawers and trying to figure out what is going on because it doesn't give you any information. I think in all three of those examples, you have to be working it out for yourself as you go through it. So they, you couldn't show someone like, I think a playthrough or let's play with it where you watch. I don't think mm-hmm. that would be super great for a walking simulator like that. Right. For sure. But then in the more action E realm closer to like you know, the gameplay parts of The Last of Us. There are two games that I think are really standouts that I enjoy better than The Last of Us. And I've mentioned at least one of them, which is Bioshock Infinite, which is the third Bioshock game. And it is sort of set in this like city in the clouds utopia that also is like, there's undercurrents of racism and there's undercurrents of all this weird time travel sci-fi thing. And it's a story that is less based on like heart as much. There's still heart to that story, but it's more like sci-fi trippy. It gets like way off the rails at the very end, but it also is a lot more open to just having fun gameplay. Cause it's uh, you know, a Bioshock first person shooter. And also there's elements where there's like sky hooks and you're like traveling between yeah. these floating cities and like, jumping off giant robot eagle yeah there it's very over the top and fun but i think it's it's a it's an example of a game at least in my opinion that also is like very strong narratively 
I yeah. wouldn't say it's like trying, you know, it's not trying for some of the things that The Last of Us is, but it's a strong narrative game play that isn't afraid to also have fun while you're playing the actual game. And, you know, it still has tension, but it's not yeah. the same type of tension that exists I mean, in The yeah. Last of Us. Like The Last of Us, you've got a companion in Bioshock Infinite. Like The Last of Us, it's got one of the great video game endings of all time. And uh, and for, I guess, to your criticism of The Last of Us, the combat in Infinite, there's a lot of variety. So you can go at each encounter in a lot of different ways. And I found that to be really fun playing yeah. that game. There, it gives you more options. You know, you can play with sort of these mutant powers that you can upgrade. You can just play it as a straight shooter. You can, you know, sort yeah. of do these melee moves off the sky hooks as you're flying around. It's got a lot of very different dynamic gameplay. And it's definitely got the best use of uh, Will the Circle Be Unbroken in video game history. Yeah, I, I, would, I would agree with that. And then the other game that I think bears mentioning is 2013 also saw the rebooted Tomb Raider, which goes heavily on sort of the Uncharted style gameplay where it's, you know, action and you're going around islands, but it's a little more open worldy than that. And, you know, there is crafting and things like that. It does like touch on a lot of the same things, but it is, you know, much less focused on narrative and much more focused on like, the gameplay aspects of it where you're trying to just have fun while you're bow and arrowing soldiers and then figuring out how to get a gun and then using that. And it's sort of got a lot of those puzzle elements, but not in the, you know, quite the same way that like a Zelda dungeon does have them, but mm-hmm. it is, it is sort of a blend of the more traditional, I think action adventure shootery style gameplay and i think it's i think it's very good it it, it does tend to torture poor laura croft sometimes it has some of the most (laughs) brutal death sequence animations that you can find in any game is that the one where she goes off the waterfall i haven't played it but i've seen some brutal yeah there's some some ones where she's in water and like just will get like fully impaled on like sticks yeah things like that you're like oh no like it is it is a little gross, some of that, but I, it's a very fun. I, I enjoy that whole Tomb Raider reboot franchise a lot, and I've played through all those games, and I think they're really excellent as well. And if, again, for someone like me who tends to, you know, want a little more action and fun in my video games, it's a, for sure a taste thing, but I definitely had more fun playing Tomb Raider than I did the last of us and it yeah. did, felt like less of a slog to me so yeah well i didn't play tomb raider but i could see how you could say bioshock infinite was more fun than, than the last of us but i still think like even with hindsight i the last of us is the clear game of the year as far as quality of overall gaming of that year and uh lasting impact I, again i my personal taste and it does also, none of the games that I mentioned were like genre changing or like doing something kind of as fresh as the way that the story was delivered in The Last of Us. So I think that's also what people respond to is they felt like The Last of Us was more of a step forward for the medium in whole. Yeah, and that's fair. But yeah, sort of speaking to that slog that I mentioned that I experienced when playing it, my fourth point of anti-defense 
is that I don't think the game is super well balanced in terms of like some sections you can sort of breeze through, you get through one time. And then as some of those reviews mentioned, there are points, I feel like I spent like a third of my gameplay in like the same, like two or three scenes, just having to play them for like literal hours to get through, (laughs) you know, the certain spots in it where I'm just slamming my head against the wall where I'm like, I'm trying to do this as a stealth and I'm trying to do this as, <laughs> you know, a guns blazing action. I'm trying to, you know, how far can I do it? Stealth to take out X number of guys before I have to then switch over to guns blazing action. There's just like, so like my first playthrough, there's a sequence in like where you're encountering, you know, a different militia in the museum section. And I was just playing it for just hours and I you know over the course of days I would just be like okay I'm gonna load it up we gonna try and get through this I'm gonna <laughs> do it and it's just like nope it's not happening and eventually I literally just gave up and you know came back like months later I'm like I'm just gonna restart the game and do this and then there were two or three other spots that I just like are burned into my brain there's the sequence in the suburbs where there's a sniper and you're having to like not get sniped so you can't be out in the open and you're also having to go through with plenty of enemies lining the way and i just it's so good (laughs) it's i just like i again i understand why it's there and i think a lot of people respond to it very well i just it was just driving me insane at certain points and, and the third third one of those is the sort of I can, I can I try to guess? Oh, yeah. Try to guess. Is it, is it the generators in the sewers? No, it actually wasn't the generators. In oh, the sewers. okay. The third one that like drove me mildly insane was the when you get to the snowy lakeside resort and not when you yeah. play as Ellie because you play as both uh, Ellie and Joel in that sequence. The Ellie part mm-hmm. I was fine with and kind of just, you know, got through with pretty low resistance. And then the Joel part. It's just like, it's such like a sprawling sort of location that I would like go through in stealth and like figure it out and I feel like it. And then it's like, oh, but you didn't see this guy back in this other building like across the way and now he's there and you have reinforcements. So like, (laughs) again, it's sort of just my own frustration with some of the gameplay, just like slamming my head against the wall. And I understand, you know, I'm not somebody who's like, I want to breeze through every video game you know video games used to be like you just can't beat this game because you're not good enough type thing or you know like the <laughs> or because we don't want you to be able to beat it in so, the rental period yeah you don't want to be it in the rental period or you know the arcade thing where it's just like we're just gonna make this too hard to suck your quarters up but <laughs> it, it was it was just a weird dynamic like and again if i'd put it on like a hard difficulty. It was like, I want this to be brutal. I want it to be survival, but I was just playing on whatever yeah. default normal mode is. And it would be like, okay, some of these sections where I don't have a problem dying in this game. I, you know, I'm not that quite as much of the, like one review where it mentioned like, Oh, you, if you keep on, if it's a survival game and dying means nothing, then it doesn't mean anything. But I yeah. do like it. I, I felt like just some of the sections are just, not fully dialed in where, and it doesn't seem like it's not totally like a progression, like the hospital at the like very end. It's just like, yeah, I got through that, you know, 
it took me a while, but it wasn't, I wasn't at a point where I was like, you know, pulling out my hair back when I still yeah. had hair and <laughs> getting it. But yeah, it just, it, it again leads to that frustration why it took me so long to get through this, where it was just like, <sighs> there's something about the style of this gameplay that doesn't click and just felt like it was punishing me for something that I, not for my like total lack of skill or anything, but just that like it's designed to be punishing and is just being mean to me. <laughs> it didn't, to, I don't feel that way. <laughs> again, and because, again, it's, it's also yeah. like different players, you know, like yeah. if you play maybe more of this style of games, you're not having that thing or I, I don't know exactly what it is. It's definitely like this is a, a more personal <laughs> point than like anything else. But I, I also, you know, I, I at least saw that other people were like, yeah, yeah, this is uh, lots of these parts feel like a grind. Even some of the positive reviews are like, yeah, it does. You know, even in some of the hundred reviews, it's like, oh yeah, it is a little frustrating when you like have to replay the same parts like a bunch of times, but you know, the story's worth it. Well, I, I do get frustrated by having to replay the same thing over and over again, but the last of us, I, I found it didn't really punish you much for dying. It's because it starts you relatively near where you died. So it's not like you have to tread a bunch of extra. It's not like Elden Ring where you have to go find your runes or whatever. No, can, it isn't. Isn't in it isn't that style of gameplay where the dying. And I think that's part of what that one review mentioned. It's like the dying doesn't have like, oh, I'm screwed consequences. It's just yeah. It's more like try again. It's just like nope. You didn't make that, you know, it's something like, you know, a super hard, like Mario, the lost levels style jump where it's just like, no, you just have to like nail this jump perfectly. I'm sorry. Like, we're not going to hold your head here. You're just going to die until you nail yeah. this jump perfectly. But it lines you right up to there's no friction between dying and going straight back into where you died. Oh, yeah. It, it, I, I will. I will grant that. It's not a thing where it's. There are games where you die. I mean, it, it is frustrating that, like, especially if you're doing some of the stealthy style gameplay where it's like, oh, you could spend, like, so much time crafting out and, like, thinking you're getting far. And that's like, <laughs> oh, you've been playing this level for, you know, 30 minutes, but now you died, like, when you saw yeah. the end point and now you're back to it. But it's not a thing where it's you die and it's jumping you back, like, an hour and you have to go through, like, sit through the cutscenes again and all this type of thing. It's just, it is a little more quick in it's like, well, you yeah. screwed that up. Try again. And I think the idea is like, maybe you go in too fast or you go in slow, but you miss someone. Someone comes around a corner and kills you. You start in the other room. You're like, okay, now I know there's another person in that, that next room. And you're supposed to sort of pick up on like a new refined strategy of and you certainly do how that. to get through. I, I won't deny yeah. that like, Oh yeah, it's like a little bit of pattern learning style gameplay yeah. where you're like, okay, well, now cuz it's also not like, you know, again, you can have some of that like spidey sense thing, but you're not, you know, it's not an overhead map where you're seeing little dots representing all the guys. You are having to like figure out where yeah. everything is and, you know, there is something rewarding about, you know, when you finally get it, especially if it's a thing that you've been bashing your head against, you do feel a sense of achievement, which is something you want when you know you're beating a level in a video game. Yes, it feels great. <laughs> in a lot of cases, in this, I felt like you know it wasn't a sense of triumph as much as a sense of relief, 
Where it's like, oh, yes. Uh, yeah, I, we don't disagree. But I like that. Yeah. I like being like. Again, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's definitely a lot of this is boiled down to taste where we might sort of agree with the same points, but it's just like, yeah, I love that. And I'm like, I hate that. <laughs> And it could always come down to like what game you played before you played this. If it was a little too much of the same thing or a little too different, then I can totally see bouncing off it. Like uh, you were talking about Horizon earlier. I played Horizon after a Assassin's Creed and I made it 15 minutes in and I was like, okay, I get it. The bad guys are robots. And I never, I never picked it up again. So I could see how if you played something else before The Last of Us and then you came in here and you were like, this is just not what I'm looking for right now. I can see how you might bounce off of it. I will say Horizon is like one of my f- like top five favorite video games of all time. I would revisit <laughs> Horizon. I haven't yet. And I think it's got the best written story in any video game pretty easily. Maybe. Maybe I'll check it out. <laughs> but yeah, so that's yeah, just... That relief. The relief. It's it's enough for me when I get out of a situation and I feel immense relief to have survived through it. I like that sort of thing. I would equate it maybe today to Resident Evil 7 in VR. I think that I think that was the one that I played in VR where your heart's pounding and you're just lucky to be alive. That's a good feeling. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it it's sort of a level of, you know, how much masochism you like in your yeah. in your fun unwinding yeah. time. It's just like, oh yeah, yeah, if you like being like who, you know, it's different like stress reliefs. I mean, a lot of video game playing is, you know, yeah. blowing off steam and it's just like do how do I want to blow off steam and, you know, I'm like still playing through Elden Ring, I haven't finished it. And then, like, there's that game's punishing it a different way, where it's just like, oh, yeah. you get to certain levels and you're playing this boss a thousand times, and it's just like you're not high level up enough. So now you need to go <laughs> grind out some more levels and figure it out. Yeah. And it like doesn't very much wants the players to sort of suffer. And I I don't feel like this game, I don't feel like The Last of Us is designed to have players suffer and i think that's part of why i don't love the parts where i am suffering because i'm like yeah you're kind of not doing this on purpose i just feel like that's valid slightly off mechanics if you're experiencing an what you see as an unintentional suffering from a video game then yeah i understand for me this hits a sweet spot between elden ring which i stopped playing and now i'm craving it really hard for some reason and uh, something easier, like a I don't know, a Kirby, which I just played with my three year old daughter, where right. there's no there's no challenge at all. Right. It's just like fun to get through. And you mentioned stress relief. This is another personal thing, but this extreme graphic violence I find to be uh, effective for me as a form of like getting home from work and relieving some stress by really brutally murdering some video game people in a way that makes me feel bad about it oh yeah i i I definitely can see that like you know that goes across genres it's just like oh yeah a lot of times people are listening to like thrash metal because it's just like oh i want something the most like violent noise that i can hear in order to just like scream (laughs) out these like you know feelings i'm suppressing these demons i have inside and you know just seeing like yeah the graphic violence in this and just like how brutal this world is also you're like well actually i can just go play kirby with my daughter so i feel a lot better not being here but i know that this is a representation of a world that exists and i can counteract that contrast that to where i am you know what 
today wasn't that bad. I wasn't attacked <laughs> by a clicker. Yeah. Well, it's a safe way to express those things. For sure. And I really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes. You know, I'm not always playing a game like The Last of Us. Right now I'm playing Mass Effect, like I said, so it's a definitely a different vibe. But Yeah, you're not you're not stressing. You're not you're not as emotionally tied up in those characters. <laughs> That's I can uh, the next game in my narrative lineup is gonna be the Star Wars one where I feel like I'll be cutting off arms and legs as far as I've heard. So Yeah. No problem with that. Just looking forward to action. <laughs> so yeah, and then I'll move on to the fifth and final defense point, which is again, this one's like the most hyper personal. And that's yeah. that I am certainly somebody who, you know, has like cried at video games and, you know, there are I'm not denying that these characters are strong and things like that, but comparatively to other games, for some reason this game did not connect with me as much emotionally. And I think it does with a lot of people and I don't know exactly why it was that it doesn't, you know, the end, I'm not going to say exactly what happens at the end because this is coming out the week of the last of us TV finale. Yeah. And that'll probably okay. spoil exactly what it is, but we'll, we'll I just, hope so. You know, I hope talking about the ending of this would spoil the ending of the show, but suffice to say there is an incredibly strong choice that is made at the end of this game. That is a very interesting one. And, you know, plays on all the dynamics that the characters have built up over the time. And it is very, like, sweet and touching and morally questionable and all these things. It's, it's, I have no problem with the writing of it. And it obviously sets up for a sequel. If you've, you know, I'm not spoiling anything. If we've already talked about there's a game and they've already talked about (laughs) how there's going to be a second season of the TV show. So, but yeah, for some reason, I just, it, I was like, oh, that's very interesting as opposed to like, I almost took it from like a writerly perspective. I'm like, oh, that's, that's interesting as opposed to like it making me like break down, which I think a lot of people like get to this ending and are just like emotionally ruined. And I, again, I, I could get that because I see how it's yeah. set up and written. And also, for sure, if you are a, you know, father of a daughter, uh, you know, uh, especially. <laughs> I actually, I haven't played it again since. Right. Since yeah. I imagine I it would be. I couldn't, I don't think I could do the beginning. Yeah. There's, I mean, the beginning, as we said, that's brutal enough. Like that is, you could play, I would say, even if you don't like it, you know, even if you're like, I don't know, you could play the beginning part because it's also largely walking simulatory and you don't actually need to do a ton of gameplay in there it's like that's a great capsule story unto itself and um but then it also yeah the everything sort of comes full circle and you know when you're in the hospital with ellie and shit's going down it is it is a lot and i'm not exactly sure why it just didn't like hit me in that sweet spot that it does. And I imagine watching the TV show, I think it'll, you know, hit a little bit harder in that medium. And I'm not exactly sure why that is, but I just can't deny that's how I felt about it. Yeah. How did, how did you sort of feel about it while we we're talking here? Uh, I mean, I, emotionally, I, I wasn't as emotional as the beginning of the game made me at the end. There's a lot of, I guess, uh, narrative driven anger, uh, 
maybe narrative motivation to get through that hospital section. Since you said hospital, I can say that much. But then the, the final seconds of the game is something I've been thinking about for almost 10 years now. There's no, there's no settling on how it makes me feel ultimately oh, who's yeah, right, it, who's it's wrong. It's very complex. I will, again, it's, I, I'm not denying the writing of this yeah. game at all. Yeah. It's complex in that way that you do, it sticks with you. I don't think anybody plays through The Last of Us and does not think about sort of the choices the characters make at the end of the game and be like, there's no way that you can be like, oh, obviously, yeah, that yeah. character made the right decision or obviously they made the wrong decision. It is, it is because these are, by the time you get there, they're fully fleshed out characters. You understand yeah. all their motivations. I think, I, I don't know if it's something like, I've, you know, responded more emotionally to sub like RPG style games. And I'm not sure if it's the fact that, you know, in some of those, you're almost like filling in some of the narratives, like you're around mm -hmm. these characters all the time and you have more time to like sort of rest with these characters and not be in panic. And uh, sort of the only times you rest with these characters, not in panic in this game is sort of in like the few cutscene moments and things like that. Or the scene moments where you're walking, and you're like, oh, clearly there's no danger because just sort of the surrounding and there's absolutely nothing around. Yeah, I don't, I don't know exactly why, but I, I, I just have to. I think it's a very interesting ending, and I don't know if it landed with me the exact same emotional notes as it landed with a lot of people that, again, you know, herald this game as a masterpiece. And I'm not, you know, saying it's like the worst game ever made or anything. <laughs> Uh, obviously, I think there's lots of qualities that are very, you know, admirable here and do, as I said, like push sort of the genre of video games forward. It just like the total package for me just never fully connected, I think, you know, be it the slapping my head against the wall, be it, you know, some of the, you know, lack of wanting to actually do the gameplay when the gameplay moments come in. It is a very unique game unto itself, and yeah, I guess that's sort of how I stick with it. I, I, I would, you know, I wouldn't be like you shouldn't play The Last of Us, but I don't know if I'm ever going to, you know, want to go. <laughs> like, I haven't played The Last of Us too because I'm like I don't want to do that again. Oh man, <laughs> and I know it's also super praised, and it will be you know a similar type of experience and you know, has all yeah. strong narrative and all that kind of stuff. But it, it's just, I didn't want to keep existing in this world for a variety of reasons. And that's <laughs> kind of just where, where I'm at. I don't know. Is there anything else you want to say? On just that? about the ending. I mean, it's hard to talk about the ending without, without spoiling it. And I know we're assuming that the uh, show well, is going to. Let, here, let's do it this way. Let's say yeah. if you want to talk about the, if you don't want to know what the show is ending, you know, we'll, I'll put a little timer on myself. We'll talk about it for like less than five minutes. And then, yeah, we I will, can be real quick. And then we will, we'll be able to talk about it and then not spoil it for anybody. So skip ahead a couple minutes starting right now. So the end of the game, James, what happens? The end of the game. Look, you spend this whole time with Joel killing zombies, killing bad guys who are trying to kill you eventually killing cannibals oh yeah we should we should we should probably set up that like <laughs> ellie basically gets 
to the Firefly Hospital that they're trying to get yeah. to get the cure. And then, yeah, as you were saying, you've been mowing through a bunch of people, and then Joel gets to the hospital. Yeah, and he finds out, Marlene tells him, I believe Marlene is there and tells him that the only way that they're going to think of to get a cure is to cut the infected part of Ellie's brain out, and so she's going to be killed by this. And Joel basically goes on a rampage and kills everyone in the hospital, including the surgeons in the in the hospital room where Ellie is, and carries her out. And so, see, I'm getting goosebumps just talking about it. So, like, at this point, are the people you're killing bad people? Almost definitely they're not bad people, but Joel is doing this just to protect Ellie, which he couldn't do for Sarah at the beginning of the game. Right. He, and he so, lost one daughter. He's not going to lose another yeah. one. And it's very, like, it's completely, like, in his mind, you know, I can't lose this person. It's understandable. But also I am maybe taking the cure that would save everybody and save the world off the table by doing this. It's and murdering so bold. It. It's so bold after you spend the whole game trying to get to that point for him to just be like, well, no, we're not going to do this and kill everybody. So the emotionally affecting part for me out of that, which I had trouble talking about before without spoiling is when he's carrying Ellie out of the hospital. Yeah. He's literally, you're, you're walking with her like, cause she's been sedated and yeah, you're walking with her in your arms, trying to get to like an elevator to just like get out of this building that you've just terrorized. Yeah. And Marlene is in the way and uh, you, you, Joel kills more Marlene. Which is one uh, one argument I've heard people say against the game is that you don't get to make any choices. It just forces you through the story. But that's the point. Yeah, <laughs> that's the I point mean, of the story. It, it is funny. There's some of the like very good reviews being like, "Oh, what like what a great like choice driven narrative." I'm like, "There's no choices in this game." <laughs> no, there's no choice. You have to be Joel, and uh, that's the only choice you're given. And then, uh, since Ellie was unconscious the whole time, you end up outside and uh you go back to the dam and which is where Joel's brother Tommy was and uh, you're heading in there and Ellie's like basically asking you what happened and Joel says that they had plenty of people that were immune and they couldn't figure out how to make a vaccine yeah and she's like she doesn't believe him and she's like you gotta promise me that that's true and he says it is and that's the end of the game woof (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's it's again it's very it's a very strong writing choice and you know i don't it's something that you don't shake easily so and I, it couldn't i don't see how it could happen another way i think they have to do that in the, the show although they're it looks like they're gonna add uh some of the ellie's mom stuff in live action instead of i think it was like recordings in the in the game i might be wrong i don't remember exactly i think it was like tape recorders and stuff but they were talking about everything that you find along the way. So that's the last of us. It's, it ends with a gut punch, (laughs) but yeah, before we get out of here, are there any other thoughts that you had in sort of uh, the junk drawer segment? Yeah. I just wanted to say that this game has fantastic music. It Uh, does have fantastic music. I will not deny that. It's some of the, the best video game music in my opinion. It's some of the only video game music other than Elder Scrolls music that I carry around with me on my phone uh, in the download folder. Yeah, it's sort of a lot of it is melding this. It it 
builds with the tension. There's like almost like the intro introductory music is sort of this like folky folk guitar on like a razor's edge. There's like an electronic menace sort of in like the background to so much of the soundscape that the composer for this game creates. Yeah, it's really sparse. His name is Gustavo Santolaya. Yeah, he is Argentine. That's the composer, and he. I think he does. I think he's doing the music for the show as well. I believe. Yes, he is. They've orchestrated it a little bit for the show. It feels like in the game, it's just him with a couple guitars, and yeah. there's there's a lot more of it in the show. But this music, uh, I was learning guitar about the time this came out, so I was learning a lot of folk music and. The last of the music is kind of how I learned how to actually play guitar. It's really, oh, wow. it's not hard to that. play and it's, it's really, uh, good. It's good music. I yeah. I will say, even if you don't, you know, if you take nothing else, you can just, you know, hop on YouTube and listen to like Last of Us soundtrack or yeah. snippets. And it's, it's definitely, you know, interesting. I would put it on while you're trying to like unwind. <laughs> But, yeah, and the music from the show is out now too, so make sure you're looking at the 2013. Yeah, you'll uh, see. I mean, if if it, if it has a picture of yeah, video boom. game characters, you're in the right <laughs> spot. If the cover has a, has picture, a picture of Pedro, of Pedro Pascal, Pascal, you're not in the right spot. <laughs> Can we talk about uh, Pedro Pascal versus Troy Baker? Yeah, I think that, I think that's a, little a fair thing to do, talk about. So yeah, I mean, again, that's sort of in the aspect of like, is this more of a I think it, you know, leads a little to- more towards the show versus being a video game. But yeah, what are your thoughts on the two? I disagree. I, Troy Baker is my Joel. I feel like the game Joel is a little bit rougher. You don't have to like him as much as, you know, a showrunner would want you to like the main character of a TV show. That's fair. He's also like a a bigger sort of he looks more like somebody who's alive in the post-apocalypse. Yeah, there's a little bit more of not exactly a hulking presence. Uh, speaking of our last no. podcast, a Hulk, um, <laughs> but he he does have sort of that 
like menacing grit to it, like smuggler grit to him, where he's just like so like hard worn from all the yeah. trauma that he's gone through that he's just like You're afraid of that, Joel, without four other characters telling you that he's done bad things. Right. Yeah. You don't need it because you just sort of get to both experience it and actually carry it out. Yeah. Which I think we're gonna see this week on the show, but Yeah, but then it, it might it might be a thing where again, because you've because they make more of an effort to like him that like if they make the same choices at the end that you might be like they might feel less authentic who knows because they yeah. it's just like when the the choices that the joel makes in the game it's like yeah i can kind of see that he's sort of <laughs> a bastard in some ways and yeah he will make this uh selfish choice so we'll see how that carries out yeah, or I mean the other the other extreme is he makes the selfish choice in the show, but it's more relatable or it's it's more apparently the correct thing to do. Right. Because you've got Pedro Pascal who's been uh relatable this whole time. It's nothing like Pedro Pascal running around the place <laughs> with a little child that he defends and maybe makes questionable yeah. <laughs> choices for in the long term because he needs them in his life. Yeah. Mando. Mando. We all love our Mando. I couldn't. Uh, the reason I didn't want to do this last Wednesday is because it was Mando Day. And I'm like, I don't want to. <laughs> we all have to have our priorities. And I'm not going to. I'm not going to take you away from your Mando time. So we all need a little Grogu in our life. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks again for uh, coming on and being my counterpoint. I feel like we both, you know, I've made some points that things of the game that i don't like and i think yeah. you know you are able to definitely support it i again i wouldn't turn off anybody from necessarily playing this game i'm just telling you what's in my heart <laughs> well yeah and a lot of a lot of your criticisms i fully agree with and i like them for that reason <laughs> it's just like it's just what is your taste you know it's just like it's a bleak story-driven video game where the Yes, that's exactly what I want. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, before we get out of here, is there anything you'd like to plug on the way out? No, I've got nothing to plug. Just uh, I would encourage you to play part two. Yeah, watch Mando. Watch The Last of Us if you haven't watched it yet. You could read some World War Hulk or Smashtronaut. Those are really good runs. There's also a new Planet Hulk that uh, just started up, I believe, in November that's oh, going on I, right now. It's pretty I, I good. I was not aware of that. If you haven't, uh, <laughs> James is on doing our in- Incredible Hulk episode. and Yeah, let's plug that. Yeah, so you can go back and listen to that. And we also dive deep into Planet Hulk and a little bit of Thor Ragnarok-y things and problems that James might have with that. So <laughs> check out that. Yeah. I will be at Treefort Festival in Boise on March 26th doing a live version of this podcast. We'll see how that awesome. goes. <laughs> I'll be listening. And you can check out this podcast on social medias. You know, figure it out. Their handles, whatever. I loved the Good Charlotte episode. Oh, the Good Charlotte episode. Yeah, I will, yeah. I'll tell Jess that <laughs> yeah. you uh, enjoyed that. There's yeah. a whole host of various things we talk, touch on. I think this is the first video game episode. Not entirely really? sure. If your first video game episode is you not liking The Last of Us, that is a swing. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, this is, I am not saying that this is probably the 
of all the episodes, I think, yeah. you know, people... You're leaning more towards you. overhyped than not liking it, I feel like. Maybe I'm getting the wrong impression here. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's partially it. I just... I mean, it's again, it was just like I did not have a good time and I was just glad that it was over. And I feel like if that's my end reaction, then I am not. It it is. I do think it is overhyped in a certain sense, but I can appreciate it still. You know, I can appreciate some of the things that it does and some of, you know, the writing and the story and sort of the way it elevates again, you know, sort of the way narratives can be delivered in this medium and the way that acting can be delivered in this medium. If, if I didn't stress that enough, like the character acting in this game is very good. And we mentioned mainly Joel and Ellie, but other characters, supporting characters are also yeah. compelling. And even if, you know, you don't spend a lot of time with them, usually they're, even their short arcs, you know, you remember them. You remember who the characters are and, you know, you see some yeah. of them in the show and they also have shorter arcs and that's the and they're memorable. Thing. Yep. So and yeah, anybody who tells you that The Last of Us is a good time is uh, possibly a psychopath. So <laughs> if you're if you're saying you didn't like it because it wasn't a good time, that's totally that's true. It's not a great time unless you're talking about like uh, the multiplayer factions was really fun. But you would say it's a rewarding time, and I would say that I didn't feel like the reward was enough for the time I put in. But it's like watching, uh, you know, Banshees of Inisherin would be a recent example of a movie that maybe is not a feel good movie, but I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, I think, and I so think it's that's like that. sort of, yeah, it's sort of in that realm. But yeah, well, anyway, thanks for coming on. And I really appreciate you doing this in the morning with me. And remember, even if everyone else mocks it, love the stuff you love.